Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thanks very much for uh, tuning in again to the Explaining History podcast. Um, Today I'm going to talk uh, a little bit about the declaration of war in India against Nazi Germany in 1939. Before we get started on all that, we're going to be showcasing something a little bit special at the end of the the podcast today. There are uh, there's a new series of podcasts that I've become involved in writing. So there's a, an audio service called AudioPie that's primarily uh, designed for GCSE and A level students. Um, but they produce an amazing standard of audio experience for learners uh, who are interested in history, both modern and otherwise. And it's, it's well worth a, a listen. It covers exam specs fully. And they've got a number of uh, great writers, myself included, and some um, key academics uh, on the case. So um, hold on till the end of this audio, um, and you'll be able to listen to a sample of what AudioPie does. And you'll also be able to get a discount code. So if you go through to their website, you can uh, download and uh, purchase uh, AudioPie podcasts with a 10% discount. So hang on for all that at the end. Okay, so the uh, declaration of war um, on Nazi Germany by uh, India um, is uh, a decision that is taken unilaterally by Lord Linlithgow, the British Viceroy to India, without the consultation of either of the two main political parties, the Congress Party or uh, Muhammad Ali Jinnah's uh, Muslim League. The decision to uh, take India to war um, has traditionally been viewed by historians as a contributory factor in the uh, end of empire um, shortly after the Second World War. Now, I've talked a lot about this subject, um, but there's a a new and really excellent book out, um, India's War, by Srinath Raghavan. Um, Well worth a read. And it... The, the thesis that he puts forward is that India goes through um, no less a, a kind of a social revolution during the Second World War that uh, the Indian army 
goes from being the the kind of the regional boot boys for the British Empire, keeping Britain's Asian Empire in place, to being a a kind of um, a, a military superpower in its own right, and it has well over a million soldiers in uniform at the end of the war. Um, it can safely said to to be that, and by the end of the war as well, the uh, the Indian Army is no longer um, willing to listen to British orders. Um, following at, at the end of the war, the, uh, it's very difficult to keep places like Malaya in check because um, deploying large amounts of Indian manpower there is no longer an option. India's, um, India's army, uh, quite literally, is a, is a superpower in its own right. Now, one of the reasons why I'm so interested in this topic area and in, in the war, uh, in the uh, Golden Crescent from, uh, essentially from Calcutta to Rangoon, is because by and large, um, India's contribution to the Second World War has been uh, overlooked in a generally most unjust and unfair manner. Um, no doubt motivated really by um, the way in which... Europeans, uh, Americans and others prefer to remember the war essentially a kind of a, a white affair let us let us not uh, let us not mince our words here uh, and the idea that the um, the war was won in Asia um, by for the most part Asian peoples is something that is uh, still um, not uh, a, a part of overall received wisdom when it comes to kind of dominant narratives of the Second World War, but hopefully that will change. One of the interesting things to, to note in Raghavan's book is that the, um, is the uh, depth of feeling within Indian civil society about Hitler's invasion of Poland. The, um, there was widespread um, anger and uh, outrage across Indian newspapers about a, um, an invasion that was happening uh, thousands of miles away to peoples who were utterly unconnected to um, the uh, to uh, middle class Indians, um, and it shows you that um, Indians were not simply and uh, you know, passive colonial subjects who whose main relationship was with their European colonial masters. These were um, engaged globalized citizens um, who looked to uh, world affairs um, in exactly the same manner that um, anybody else did. Um, and whilst this should not be a surprise to any of us, it seems actually to be slightly at odds with the narrative that we, we understand. Um, the and the only reason for that is because normally the, the the dominant story of the Second World War, these kinds of ideas are are not really included in the narrative. Um, the fact that all over the British Empire, colonial subjects in Africa, in India, in uh, the Caribbean and beyond might have had a view on uh, Hitler's actions in Europe and what the empire needed to do and what should be done and what shouldn't be done, again, is, is rarely discussed. 
Normally, um, we take a view on what the uh, so-called white dominions of, uh, particularly of Canada and Australia, seem to think, uh, New Zealand and, and South Africa, and what their view was. Uh, and again, when we, we do that, we are, we are buying in uh, unconsciously and unwittingly into older and um, essentially more racist ideas that um, it, was the, it, it was the business of white dominions to be concerned about war in Europe and uh, the uh, African and Asian um, colonies uh, needed simply to kind of do as they were told. And it's interesting that this seems to be have been the view of Lord Linlithgow himself. Lord Linlithgow, the Viceroy of India, the, the King's Man in India, who simply um, announced that uh, India would be going to war. His decision to ignore the Congress was one of high politics. Um, the, uh, the, uh, any engagement with the Congress um, party would have caused for, as Lynn Lithgow thought, all sorts of trouble. It would have involved having to grant Congress concessions. It would have involved having to make some sort of statement um, that would potentially play out against British interests in the long run. And Lynn Lithgow had an ace card up his sleeves. Lynn Lithgow had uh, good relations with the uh, princes and maharajas of India's princely states. Um, the uh, old um, rulers of these states um, looked to uh, the British as being their salvation. They raised money for the war, they raised men for the war, um, and they looked with great suspicion at Congress. Congress and people like Nehru within it, uh, to them, were potentially the, the, the communists of the future in the making. I'm not suggesting that Nero actually was a communist, but certainly had uh, deep sympathies for uh, socialism and uh, Gandhi's um, concern for India's untouchables um, and his rather Tolstoyan um, belief in the, the kind of the goodness of peasant labour and artisan um, homeworking and um, the uh, possibility of creating an, a, a, a very pluralist and egalitarian India um, after independence obviously terrifies the, um, uh, the, the, the Maharajas and Princes of India who didn't want to give up any of their considerable wealth. So uh, Linlithgow was able to uh, appeal to um, the, the princely states who were then um, supplied him with uh, men and uh, finances. And it was uh, evidence that the British were already raising troops for the war in India, irrespective of what Congress wanted, which weakens Congress's hand. In London, you had in the new uh, war cabinet of Neville Chamberlain the return of Winston Churchill, who had spent most of the 1930s on the backbenches purely because of his opposition to any kind of political reform in India. Um, and he uh, was well known for making deeply offensive statements about Gandhi, whom, uh, whilst may not have been um, enormously popular with the British establishment, there was always some degree of sympathy for him, and uh, amongst the British public in general, some degree of sympathy for uh, India 
um, as represented by Gandhi. Um, Churchill is adamant that no concession should be made to uh, to India whatsoever. Churchill had apparently uh, his longest spell in India in um, the 1890s, only been for 10 months, but he came back with a firm conviction that he knew everything he needed to know about India, and India was the source of uh, England's glory, but must be uh, kept tightly controlled. And uh, later on, during the war as Prime Minister, um, he demonstrates his views towards India during the Bengal Famine, which I think I've mentioned previously. Um, those are a podcast on Calcutta that I did a few months ago that I think you might find useful on, on that score. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty ugly side to Churchill. Lynn Lithgow um, had a suggestion that the Congress might be supplied with uh, information. They might be supplied with information um, that were uh, um, that was considered sensitive or pertaining to defence, um, and the and this is vetoed by um, the the British War Cabinet, um, and it was considered that. Um, this would be a, a wonderful way to pass information on to um, the Germans um, and the uh, there were all sorts of characters like Subhas Chandra Bose who may well do such things. So this was this was vetoed right away. Chamberlain is far more sympathetic towards granting concessions to um, the Congress Party. He believed that there were. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As a justification for doing this if we were going to ask Indians to sacrifice themselves in large numbers to fight for the British Empire. The outbreak of war was also an opportunity for Muhammad Ali Jinnah and the Muslim League. Um, originally, the British had been giving some thought to a federated India, perhaps with dominion status, um, in which Jinnah could see um, the, uh, the, the, the states with large Muslim populations, um, the way 
de- the sort of voting demographics broke down um, being poorly uh, represented uh, within a, a future uh, federated Indian government. And so Jinnah put pressure on the British to uh, abandon this project um, and, that, and to give an announcement that um, Muslim support for the war, he outright condemns Hitler, but he says the Muslim support for the war uh, would have to ensure that, um, and he puts it ambiguously, justice is done to India's Muslims, um, which could mean a large number of things. Linlithgow is happy to um, grant concessions to Jinnah and to um, have a, a kind of a cordial dialogue with Jinnah because it prevents Jinnah from teaming up with the Congress. Um, British strategies of politically of, of divide and rule in India um, go back a long way and this was no different really. Um, this was an opportunity to, um, again, steal um, energy from the uh, political uh, power of the Congress uh, in 1939, uh, following Lyndon Lithgow's unilateral declaration of war. Another interesting aspect of this um, political debate within India at the time is the um, position of the Communist Party of India. The Communist Party of India um, have a, a deep connection to the Communist Party of Great Britain and essentially take their ideological line in an ironically um, colonial manner uh, from uh, the, the, the Communist Party of Great Britain. And the uh, Communist Party of India fall in with the, the broadly Comintern uh, approach to the war that in in 1939 um there are um the the war is to be uh, ignored in as much as it seems to be a, a squabble between imperialist powers none of whom are of, of any kind of moral fiber whatsoever um and the uh, real reason for this is obviously Comintern in Moscow is not going to encourage a war against its new friend Hitler um, following the conclusion of the Nazi-Soviet pact, even though anti-fascism is at the heart of European and Asian communist parties throughout the 1930s. And it's only in 1941, when the Soviet Union is invaded, that communist parties can uh, realign themselves uh, alongside uh, democratic governments and colonial governments in the the waging of war, but it presents uh, quite a crisis to the the Indian Communist Party, who uh, are in this this very difficult position, whereby the um, uh, fascism that they have decried throughout the nineteen thirties they have to become quite muted about from 1939 to 1941. However, some dissenting Marxists, such as M.N. Roy, opposed this um, idea and said that, essentially, as as long as any war is against uh, against Hitler, then it would be supported by, or should be supported by, uh, Indian Marxists. Um, and this was um, not popular with the, the kind of the, the doctrinaire Stalinists of the Communist Party of India. 
The Lithgow did have the legal right, granted by the Government of India Act, to declare war um, on India's behalf. However, this de jure uh, power was uh, would have been pretty irrelevant if the vast majority of Indians um, were would become unwilling to be mobilised um, to to fight uh, the Quit India campaign from nineteen forty two. Uh, onwards um, almost threatens to bring uh, Britain's war against Japan to an end. Um, So it shows you that the key to getting India into the war was mass consent. It wasn't sort of legal diktat. And mass consent is uh, achieved, or at least partial consent, is achieved by Congress believing that something can come of the war, that um, concessions can be uh, taken from the British, or that the uh, the British can be placed in a sufficiently uh, weakened position that independence becomes uh, inevitable. And the Muslim League um, believe, again, that uh, Muslim soldiers who were mobilised in, in huge numbers um, to fight for Britain, um, that, that their um, efforts will eventually enable a um, separate Muslim state, uh, a future Pakistan, to be um, a possibility for the for uh, India's Muslims. The um, thing about India that I think it's worth focusing on here is that um, India is within the British Empire, but it becomes almost a kind of like a subset of the British Empire. It, it, India, by 1939 was a kind of a regional empire of its of its own within asia um it from east africa to china um the uh, indian troops had been deployed since the kind of the late 19th century uh, and the early 20th century and the migration of workers of merchants traders financiers uh, a, a whole indian diaspora around the indian ocean and into southeast asia meant that indian uh, financial and cultural power uh, spread throughout the region uh, india was um, in many ways Developing the uh, institutions and the attributes of the dominions that were now autonomous powers in their own right and um, autonomous decision makers in their own right are on, on the eve of the war. I think there's something interesting in, in all of this particular part of, uh, um, of the story of India and, and the war that later explains um, Japanese misapprehensions and misunderstandings um, about India. Um, Japan had already, by this point, courted um, Subhas Chandra Bose and um, the development of an Indian National Army, um, the, the kind of the core of an Indian, Indian National Army, uh, would, would begin um, at around this time and, and uh, over the next uh, couple of years. And the the view that many of uh, Japanese Japan's top soldiers had came from uh, Subhas Chandra Bose. And if you're not sure about Chandra Bose, go back to the archive and you'll find a podcast on him. Um, and um, the uh, the the view that Japan had 
um, was that India obviously desired independence and that in Indians would welcome a an, another Asian nation, uh, a kind of a leading Asian, uh, an Asian sort of uh, father nation to throw the British out and rid Asia of, of Europeans once and for all. But what we can see here is that the uh, a, a civil society within India was making uh, all manner of um, judgments and calculations and guesses and assumptions uh, about removing the British themselves. Um, the, the, um, I, the, the belief that uh, another colonising power would be a, a substitute to Great Britain um, was uh, largely rejected uh, amongst the uh, political and business classes in places like Delhi and Calcutta. Uh, Bose, in his darkest imaginings, didn't believe that the, the Japanese would colonise India um, and probably the Japanese wouldn't have done in terms of manpower alone. They were hoping that the British would be rid of in, would be forced out of India by simply an uprising of the the Indian peoples. However, uh, a, any post-war settlement would have drawn India and the rest of Asia into a a, a, a Japanese economic sphere, which would have primarily benefited Japan. Um, the story of, in, of, of why India um, uh, fights Japan with such determination is perhaps one for, uh, for another time. Um, but the, what, what we can see in this story anyway is that the decision by Lynn Lithgow to unilaterally declare war um, is not met with passivity. It's not met with outright opposition either. It's met with negotiation and calculation, and the and a, a range of different parties, from the Muslim League to the Congress to the princely states to the Communists and others, all have their own different perspectives on what the war means, what opportunities it offers, what risks it carries with it, and what the obligations of Indian people to the world and to each other, and to the idea of India itself, actually are. Okay, so I hope you found that useful, and you can catch me today at 4pm, and every other Monday at 4pm on the Explaining History Facebook page. I'm doing a live talk today about um, everyday life in Soviet Russia, Stalin's Russia, that is. Now, um... About that 10% discount I mentioned. So you can go to www.audiopi, that's spelled A-U-D-I-O-P-I, no E, P-I, uh, audiopi.co.uk, and um, apply the discount code explaining history when you go to the checkout and you'll get 10% off. So this applies whether you're a school taking out a subscription or just buying a one-off series. And here is a sneak preview. Enjoy. The mist of a November dawn doesn't shroud the smell of mud, dried sweat or the latrine. Yet there's something different in the air. Silence. The guns have stopped. So's the shouting. What next? Welcome to AudioPie's GCSE series on Germany between 1919 and 1945. During this series, to find out more, go to www. 
audiopie.co.uk and quote the promo code EXPLAIN when you get to the checkout. Audiopie. Inspiring education. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.